Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. Go back there, Revelation chapter 10, reading from verse 1. And he said, And I saw another mighty angel came down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was at his well, the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. Praise God. We've extensively dealt with all of that, but again, last week we looked at uh, Revelation 1 verse 7, which is very, very important. So we just look at Revelation 1 verse 7. And it says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also quit piensome. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Um, last week we dealt extensively with this, and I tried to make us understand that the all eyes that shall see him have nothing to do with all human beings. In relation to maybe Jesus floating from the outer space. It's not dealing with that. Because again you find that like I keep saying. In Acts chapter 1. And verse number 9. We are told he left in a single cloud. But now this is the cloud I have kind of multiplied. So what's responsible for it? These are the things we're trying to find out. Hallelujah. And so, but I try to make you understand precisely that this cloud in Revelation 1 verse 7 have nothing to do with the atmospheric cloud. They have to do with the judgment that came to Jerusalem in AD 70. This scripture fulfills precisely Zechariah chapter 12 verse number 10. And I try to make you see that the use of the word cloud have to do with a people. They are like the instrument with which God moves. This is completely different from the singular cloud that came upon the Mount of Transfiguration, that came upon Mary, that came upon or right in the temple at the time of the dedication of Solomon's temple. There was this singular cloud that comes in there, and that has to do with God in His glory coming into the system. The singular cloud you also found right there at the uh, what we call the most holy place in relation to the ark. That was the singular cloud, and that is the cloud that Jesus left with. Amen. So he didn't live with the empty cloud, so then you don't have to in any way be thinking of looking up to see him drawn from the sky, because like I keep saying, even that which is called first advent, he never dropped from the sky. He came through a human being. Praise the Lord. Amen. So basically, in looking at this Revelation 1-7, we've been able to see that cloud represents people. And that's what we're going to be dealing with extensively today. And then we might probably deal fully with that next week as well. But let's look at this. Um, but before we look at some of these other scriptures, the book of 1 Thessalonians, Paul made a statement in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. And I think that is also one of the things that seems to be confusing people and thinking that Paul was talking about being caught up into the atmosphere, you know, cloud as it were. So 1 Thessalonians 4.17, 
and it says, um, Then shall we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise God. Now, if you take time, we're not going to be dealing with this, we'll deal with this fully next week, but if you take time to consider this, it says, Shall we ever be with the Lord in the air? That means, well, it didn't say heaven. Are you going to be hanging up in the air? Now, is the air referring to just the atmosphere? No. We're not dealing with that tonight anyway. But there are a lot of things you need to consider. I mean, in this particular passage. Um, however, someone may probably say, well, David, I told you, this is talking about the atmosphere. But well, let's just move on a little bit so that I'll show you something. But like I said before, Acts chapter 1, verse 9, it's a singular cloud. Revelation 1, 7, plural cloud. Is that okay? So they are not the same thing. You need to understand that in the first place. But now, go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 3. An interesting passage, I think. Um, Revelation. I mean, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and verse number 3. Let's look at that. This is what it says. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. You can just stop there. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. What cloud is this? Okay, we're talking about the clouds that you see. Maybe you're flying the aeroplane, whatever. They go up, up, and then you see a lot of a cloud, and then the rain comes down. Well, if we must understand scriptures, if we must understand that the Bible is a spiritual book, then we must understand also that God uses the elementary creation to describe spiritual realities. Hallelujah. Amen? Ordinarily in the Bible, you know rain, water speaks of what? The Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? God is not talking about H2O. <laughs> he can use that to describe to you what He has in mind. And Jesus always was speaking in parables to draw attention to get people to start thinking beyond the natural. So, what is rain? What is this cloud that is going to be full of rain? Now, in John 7, for instance, John chapter 7, verse 37, reading down, Jesus said this, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man test, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. Now, verse 38 defines for us what, is, what he was trying to say. But this spake he of what? The Spirit, which they that believe on him should do what? Receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet what? Glorified. Very simple. So, water speaks of the Spirit. So, when the Bible says, when the clouds... It's full of rain, which is water. They empty themselves upon the earth. What cloud is this? Hallelujah. So when a cloud is full of rain, we definitely want to just say, 
These are actually people that are full of the Holy Spirit as instrument of blessing on mankind upon the face of the earth. Hallelujah. The clouds that are full of rain are people that are full of the Holy Spirit, are full of the Word of God. To empty themselves upon the earth simply means they become a source of blessing to mankind. Praise God. It's not talking about the geographical cloud that keeps saying all of this. Amen. For us to understand that God uses all of those things to teach yourself so that you can have a deeper understanding if you can diligently seek it. So clouds that are full of rain speaks of people that are full of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Now I'm going to make you see this clearly from scripture so that you can understand or come with me along that. Now let's quickly look at the book of Second Peter chapter two, verse number nine. Second Peter two verse number nine. This is what the Bible says. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the of judgment to be punished. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 10. I almost wanted to say something, but let's move on. Different between the ungodly and the unjust, and what happens to the, the godly. You know how to deliver them. He didn't say you know how to take them away. You know how to deliver them. <laughs> now verse 10. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the loss of uncleanness and despite government. Presumptions are they self-willed. They are not afraid to speak of dignities. I want you to get the description of these people. This is the ungodly now being described. Is that okay? Go to, go to verse 12. Verse 12 says, But these are natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Look at verse 13. And shall receive the reward of a righteousness, as they that counted pleasure to riot in the daytime, spots they are and blemishes, spotted themselves with their own deceivance while they feast with you. When they talk about feasting with you, they're talking about fellowshipping with you. So we're actually describing believers. We're talking about people that go to church. Hallelujah. Verse 14 says, Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and how they have exercised with covetous practices, cause children. Verse 15 says, Which has forsaken the right way and have gone astray, following the will of Balaam, the son of Bozak, who loved the wages of what? Unrighteousness. How many of you know who Balaam was? Wants to prophesy for money. Wanted to cause Israel. Okay. So we're talking about people who have gone the way of Balaam. Now verse 16 says. But was rebuked for his iniquity. 
the dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. <laughs> Glory to God. Now look at verse 17. Very interesting. Look at verse 17. Now, remember, we're describing Balaam. We're describing men who don't res- I mean, respect authorities, people who are healthy, people who do all manner of things. I mean, church folks and ministries. Is that okay? Are you with me? Very good. Look at verse 17. What did he say? These are what? Wells without water. Simple definition. What's the next thing? Clouds that are carried. Can you see it there? Clouds that are carried with what? A tempest. To whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. What did the Bible refer to people like this? They are wells without water. And they are also cloud without water or rain. So, we're describing people who love the Holy Spirit. Is this simple? Now, this, no, no, no. You need to get this right. Not just because some of the prophesied. We must understand this. That Balaam was prophesying. The Bible even said his own prophecy was so strong. Remember that? Good. So it's not a matter of the accuracy. Now I'm not despising prophecy. I believe in prophecy. God also walks through. I mean, even the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, all of those things. I believe in that. But I'm saying you could do all of those things and yet you're not in the perfect will of God. God refers to you as what? A cloud. I've been in a meeting in Europe some years back. And I preached in this congregation and then... By the time I was done speaking, the pastor's wife came to me and said, Pastor David, is it right for me to prophesy when I don't have anything to say? I said, what do you mean by that? He said, because my husband says I must prophesy after he finished teaching. That he is a teacher, is an apostle, so once apostle and prophet work together, so the wife must be a prophet, so anytime he finished teaching, the wife should prophesy. Then I ask you, you have an issue with God. Because if you start saying things that God has not given to you. You understand what I mean? Praise the Lord. You are not in the will of God. God is not speaking. You are simply a cloud without water. Praise the Lord. Okay. I want to take this for a very simple translation. You don't need to start searching for it. But we have this easy to read version the easy to read version of the bible this is what it said in second peter 2 17 these false teachers are like streams springs that have no water they are like clouds that are blown by some a place in the deepest darkness have been kept for them then i take it again from the contemporary english version this is what it says there is nothing to these people they are dried up fountains, storms, scattered clouds, headed for a black hole in hell. Praise God. Are you listening to me? We're describing false teachers. We're describing people who, though may be in ministry, but they are not operating in the will and the perfect will of God. They are not operating to bring blessing to mankind because, though they may be doing ministry and bringing benefit to themselves, they are not leading men into the perfect will of God. They are not bringing the real blessing. I mean, if you understand that God's blessing for mankind is not just, 
the issue of maybe the properties you have, as much as I believe in that, but the blessing that God said He was going to give to God's people and God's children on the face of the earth is that their sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. Is that okay? That was a blessing God promised to Abraham. Praise God. Okay. Now, I would like to look at another scripture, very powerful as well. So turn with me to the book of Jude, chapter 1, and look at verse 12. I'm still describing. We're looking at this just simple word, clouds. What are clouds? You see, after which we'll be able to see how he comes in the clouds. Praise the living God. Okay? I'm trying to just give you the simple definition. And like we said previous, Revelation 1-7 speaks of cloud, and that's a cloud of judgment. I have to do with Roman armies that came to Jerusalem in AD 70. Very precise. No debate about that. Okay? So Jude 1, verse number 12. Jude is just one chapter. And this is what he said. These are spots in your feasts of charity. Feasts of law. Law feasts. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without Water. Now, don't forget Ecclesiastes 11 verse 3. But the clouds is full of rain. They empty themselves. Where? Upon the earth. Now, here is a people that are in the church, having fellowship with you, and the Bible describes them as what? Clouds without water. And it says, carried about of wings, trees, whose fruit wither it, without fruit twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Look at another definition given to them. In verse 13, raging waves of what? Of the sea, forming out their own shame. Wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Praise God. Now, again, the question is, who are these people? Because the opening verse that tells you, these are spots in your feast. It's talking about the people, Right? Okay, I would like us to go read, uh, let's start from verse 18, let's take it from, one minute, let's, let's take it from verse 18, let me see, let's go to the NIV, uh, no verse 8 rather, I want us to read from verse 8 of the NIV, Jude verse number 8, let's take it from the NIV, I want in a simpler way so that you can get it. Yet these false teachers, (laughs) Amen, carelessly go right on living their evil, immoral lives, degrading their bodies and laughing at those in authority over them, even scoffing at the glorious ones. Yet Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, when he was arguing with Satan about Moses' body, they dare not to accuse even Satan or jeer him, but simply said, The Lord rebuke thee. Now, there is something I've got to say about this, though the time is not there, but the body of Moses, we are made to understand, God buried the body of Moses by himself. There was no record to show that Satan was arguing for the body of Moses. I can preach on you for you to understand that the body of Moses speaks of the, of the law, and the body of Christ speaks of the law of the Spirit of Christ, which is the New Testament. The body of Moses was the embodiment of the law of Moses that he gave. What we see here was, Satan was not intending or was not wanting the law to be taken away. Because by the knowledge of law is sin. In other words, he doesn't want sin to be eradicated so that man will continue to sin and die. 
Are you there with me? That is what he's talking about. That is the body of Moses. Just like the body of Christ is the church. The body of Moses was the church in the wilderness ruled by the law of Moses. Very simple. It has nothing to do with there was one place where one angel was dragging the body of Moses. No. We are told God buried Moses by himself. Amen. Are you with me? Okay. Anyway, that's another thing. You can go to the book of Romans to find out what the body of Moses is. Scripture actually said it that sin reigned from Adam to Moses. How many of you remember that? Very good. Sin reigned from Adam to Moses and it got to stop. And this is what Satan didn't want to happen. He didn't want this thing to end in Moses. He wanted it to continue with Moses. He was dragging the body of Moses, which has to do with the laws. Okay. Now, verse 10. In answer, but these men mock and cause as anything they do not understand. And that's a problem. Even some of the things we say, people we oh come on, David, how can you be saying this? Is that okay? We, we, we were not told this. This is this is not the theology we got from Bible college, and so on and so forth. That's the problem. Even the things they have no understanding about, they mock. Praise God. And they like animals, they do whatever thing they feel like. Thereby ruining their souls. Woe upon them, for they have followed the example of who? Cain. Now I want you to look at the kind of people that the Bible is describing as wells or clouds without water. They have followed the example of Cain, who killed his brother. And like Balaam, they do anything for money. Can you get that? And like Corey, who is Corey? They have disobeyed God and we do, I mean, we die under His curse. So, find these people. Corey, Balaam, Cain. Are you getting that? Hello, are you with me? Uh-huh. And these are people who are supposed to be in the church. This cloud we're talking about are church people. Hmm? Alright. Hey, help me, Lord. Verse 12 says, When this man join you, <laughs> Are the love feasts of the church. There are evil smears among you, laughing and carrying on, gorging and stopping themselves without a thought for others. They are like clouds blowing over dry land without giving rain. Are you seeing that? Promising much but producing nothing. They are like fruit trees without any fruit at picking time. They are not only dead, but doubly dead. <laughs> For they have been pulled out, roots and all, to be what? To be burnt. Did you get that? Cain, Corey, Balaam, all these people are church people. And the Bible refers to them as what? Clouds without water. Wealth without water. You just need to understand. So when you read, like I said again, that's 11, I mean verse 3, when a cloud is full of rain, it empties itself upon the earth. <laughs> what is that supposed to tell you? Just like we have clouds without water, we are also going to have clouds full of water. I wish I can get a witness here. Hallelujah. We don't only need to have, I mean, only going to have class without water. We're still going to have class with water. 
That is where we are going to. It is a class with water that actually Jesus is coming through. Glory to God. You following me? Okay, let's just go a little bit. So you see, we're talking about ministers and men who have taken to the way of Cain, who killed his brother out of envy and jealousy. You know that before, right? Why did Cain kill him? Description of people that are clouds without what? Water. They are trees. That's why you read in the Bible. You see, you don't read about trees and you think you're talking about trees. Anytime you read about trees, you're talking about people. You need to understand this. Praise the Lord. You need to get this right. So don't read the Bible like you're reading some, I don't know. You, you read about trees, you're thinking about trees. You read about sycamore trees, you're thinking about literal sycamore trees. No. These are symbolic languages that God uses to convey spiritual meaning. I mean, death to people's minds. So people like Cain, people like Corey, the Bible says, they are just clouds without water. So we're talking about people like Corey. What's Corey? Along with his two companions, remember, who resisted the authority of Moses when Moses said they should come to the temple for refusing to appear before him as commanded. Corey, Dalton, and Abiram, along with their household, and their houses were swallowed up by the earth. Read Numbers chapter 6. You got the story. I mean 16. Is that okay? That's correct. Men who, who try to resist authority. So you need to understand that. Even in the church, constituted authority. Men who try to resist constituted authority, they are clothed without water. Is that alright? Jesus said, He that receives me, receives you. Or, He that receives you, receives me. And he that received me, received him who sent me. Now, there are people that are in church who will not want to respond to constituted authorities. The Bible refers to them as what? Clouds without water. They are human beings. And they are unbelieving believers, if I may use the word. <laughs> Praise the living God. Is that okay? They wanted to wrestle power from Moses. Come on, holy Moses, what do you think? Who do you think you are? This kind of people. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are talking about prophets whose interest is only that of money. Like Balaam. We are talking of false teachers who cannot fully rightly divide the word of truth and so misleading many people. They are only interested in what they can get. They are not in any way trying to get people to find the perfect will of God. To bring forth the full manifestation of the kingdom of God upon the face of the earth. Which has to do with His righteousness, His joy and His peace. They can't lead men into that. They are only interested in what they can get. The Bible refers to them as what? Clouds without water. Praise the Lord. So, what are clouds without water? I'm talking about people. That's what the Bible says. They are without water. That can never be a blessing to mankind. As they will never be able to bring people to the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Most times they do their own will, not God's will. They teach their own thing. Uh, I, I was discussing with Max. 
and, and yesterday, also yesterday or this morning, and we're coming up with something which is very real, and he was trying to say some of the courses he's taking, he asked, discussing what is theology. And people will say theology is study of God. But absolutely, I told him it's practically impossible. You can study God. God can only be revealed to you. So the true definition of theology should be the study of the revelation of God. Not the study of God. You can study God. Praise God. God can only be revealed to you. So if you want to define theology, it should be the study of the revelation of God. It is what God has revealed that you are trying to study. Hallelujah. You can study God. It's not a subject of study. You can study His Word. You can study Him. Praise God. His ways are past finding out. Did you not say so? The Bible says His ways are past finding out. What are you going to study? Hallelujah. Are you with me? Okay. So let's make progress. I found an interesting Sunday. Why are you laughing, brother? Okay. That's okay. His ways are past finding out. That's the simple truth. You can study God. You can study His Word. You can study what He has revealed. Right? <laughs> oh goodness Let me show you a scripture on that Deuteronomy 29, 29 Can we find it? If you can Let me show you something there But there's something I'm going to read here Listen The secret things belong unto the Lord, our God But those things which are revealed Belong unto us And unto our children forever That we may do all the words of this law Now I want you to get that The secret thing belongs to God In other words there are some things that are not even... It's ways are past finding, as he says. Is that okay? It is what is revealed that we deal with. I study God. The theology is study of God. You can study God. Praise God. Come on, are you with me? Okay, let's go back to what we're dealing with. Talking about the water, talking about the spirit. Um, very interesting. John chapter 3, verse 34. John 3, verse 34. Am I too fast for you? You sure you follow me? Amen. John three thirty four. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God given not the Spirit by measure unto him. Hallelujah. God given not the Spirit by measure. Unto him. Unto who? Unto Jesus Christ. That means he was full of the Spirit. Is that okay? Now, that means if you go by John 7, 37 down through 39, remember what he said. Out of their belly shall flow what? Rivers. So, what do you think we're going to describe Jesus like in this particular context? We can say he was a cloud that is full of water. Am I correct? Come on, are you with me? If Balaam was a cloud without water, if Korah was a cloud without water, if Cain was a cloud without water, if the four teachers are clouds without water, Jesus had here, I mean, you know, he came and he did the perfect will of the Father, and he would do nothing without what the Father asked him to do. And then the Bible is saying, God gave him the Spirit without measure. It was not a measure, it was a fullness of the Spirit that was given to him. As a matter of fact, Jesus didn't walk with the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. He worked in the Spirit, 
of knowledge, the spirit of wisdom, according to Isaiah chapter 11. Is that okay? Never had it in measure. It was the fullness of the spirit that you operated in. And so if you operated in the fullness of the spirit, then he was a cloud with water. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Praise God. Now because he was full of the spirit, and was a cloud with water, what, what happened? Don't forget. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 3. He emptied himself upon the earth. That mankind become blessed and be blessed through his ministry because he was full of water and was emptying himself. And so the Bible says he went about doing good. Hallelujah. Is that making sense to you? He carried on and how through him the Lord was blessing people. Anyone that comes in contact with him was being blessed. He will raise the dead on the road. <laughs> you see the road. You remember the time they were carrying one of these persons to go for burial. Everybody was crying. What happened? Touch them. Bring out the baby. Give it to the mother. Come on. He was just there revealing and manifesting the water of life. The spirit was flowing through him wherever he finds himself. He was a cloud with water. And he was full of it. So he was emptying himself upon the earth. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? Very good. So you can see the big contrast between Jesus and Balaam. You can see the contrast between Jesus and Korah. Korah was resisting authority. Jesus would submit to authority. Are you there with me? Glory to God. Cain will kill his brother. Jesus will love his brother. You need to understand what I'm talking about. Jesus will speak of the perfect will of the Father. He will teach truth. In fact, the Pharisees said, No man taught like this man. And he spoke with authority. Now you need to understand. Yea, and hear it well. In the book of Matthew chapter 5 through 7, when he was given the principles of the sons of the kingdom, you need to understand that which is called beatitude. The attitude of the son. Actually, Chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7 of Matthew is the constitution of the kingdom of God. But we can refer to it as the principles of the kingdom of God. Is that okay? You need to understand that. And he will tell you, Moses said, thou shalt not look. But I say, no, he didn't say God said, I say. He was speaking as God. You need to understand what I'm talking about. Did you get that? Moses said, now don't, 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 don't miss it. It was God that gave the word to Moses. Is that okay? Moses said, you have been told. You have read. But I say, he was changing system. He was changing situation. With one that have authority. In fact, by the time he was done teaching, the Pharisees said, no one has spoken like this. This man got authority. Praise God. Do you understand? Why? Because he was full of water. That's what I want you to pick. And it's very, very important. Very, very important. Men that are full of water. Okay. Let me show you something. First Corinthians chapter 7. Let's take the last three verses of that chapter. Oh, praise God. The last three verses. First Corinthians 7. Last three verses. Uh, okay, let's go back a little bit. Let's start on verse number 6. Uh, 36, yeah. But if any man think that he behave himself commonly this virgin, towards this virgin, if she pass the flower of her age and needs so required, now all of this was about marriage and all of that. Let him do what he will. He sinneth not, 
let them marry. But I think there's a statement here you made. Go back a little bit to verse number 35. Let me show you something. And this I speak for your own profit. Know that I may cast this man upon you, but that which is comely, and that you may all, I mean, attend upon the Lord without distraction. Okay, just moving on to verse 36. But if any man thinketh that he behave himself uncommonly towards his virgin, if he pass the flower of her age, and need to require, let him do what he will, he sinneth not, let them marry. Is that okay? Okay, let's get to the next thing. Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but have power over his own will, and has so de- decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin, do it well. Next verse says, So then, he that giveth her in marriage, do it well, but he that giveth her not in marriage, do it better. Okay? The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. Only in the Lord. But she's happier if she so abide after my judgment. And I think also that I do what? I have the Spirit of God. Now, what is there here? God didn't tell me. Did you understand that? God didn't tell me. Why? Because, you see, if you look at 1 Corinthians 6.17, what is he saying? He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So when he said, but I think I have the Spirit of God. In other words, I'm giving these laws. I'm giving these rules to the church by reason of the Spirit of God within me. Because I'm united with the Spirit of God. And God put them on the, on the, on the pages for us to read. But it's not as if God said, tell the people. Paul said, this is what I perceive. This is what I've seen. I've got a weakness in my spirit. This is the way it should be. So just like Jesus was teaching with authority, you see, Paul here was speaking and teaching with authority. And God put it down for us to read because he was joined to the Lord. It's one spirit. So we can say Paul was full of water. It was a cloud that was full of water. Hallelujah. Are we still here? Okay, so. Now, we just read about Jesus Christ that was full of the spirit. Not with measure. John 3, 34. But not just that, let's move down to John chapter 1 verse 14. John 1 verse 14. Let's look at the description that God gave unto him as well. And the world was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. And I want you to know that. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Glory. What glory is this? The answer is going to be found from the revelation of Peter. What glory is this? Okay. So, let's quickly look at the book of 2 Peter. Let's look at 2 Peter. But first of all, let's look at Matthew chapter 17, 1 to 5. Matthew 17, 1 to 5. And this is what he says. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, he appeared unto him, Moses and Elijah, talking with him. And the Bible said, Then answered Peter, and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. 
If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Is that okay? You know the story, right? Okay. But the point I'm raising here is, was transfigured before them. Okay, let's look at that. Verse number five. While he yet spake, Peter was talking now. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud. And I like that. Same cloud, bright wind, <laughs> overshadowed them. Oh, this is a speaking cloud. This is a cloud with voice. Out of that cloud, hallelujah. And behold, a voice out of the cloud. Which saith, this is what my beloved son, in whom I well pleased. Hear ye him. Praise the living God. Okay, now go to Second Peter. Um, chapter 1, let's look at 16, just a few verses there. Second Peter. Second uh, Peter chapter 1. And let's look at uh, from verse 16. Praise the Lord. Peter speaking, he said, For we have not followed cunning devised fables when we made known unto you the power and what? The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And this is this is this is another thing that we need to think about. But time is not there for us today. But but guess what? Here is Peter saying they saw the coming of Jesus. How? Hallelujah. Now, he's only describing what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. So that flow that came out of Jesus was a coming. And that's, that's the problem with the church. We don't understand how he comes. We only know of first and second advent. Right? When he's going to crash down from the sky. That's the only thing we think about. That's the only thing we know. We forgot about the, you know, the, the parousia, the ecomaia, the apocalypsis, the echo. And I mean, we just don't have understanding of the various shades of the use of the word coming in the Bible. Yet Peter is saying they saw the coming of the Lord. And now if you go back to uh, Matthew 16 and the last verse, it's going to make you understand that some of you standing here shall not taste death until you see the Son of Man come in His glory. Is that okay? He said that in Matthew 16, the last verse, he was speaking to a people. Now the Bible says, after six days of that statement, he transfigured before them. Now Paul Peter is reporting what happened. And now he's saying, verily I say unto you, there be some standing here. Look at that. Okay, verse 28. There be some standing here, which shall not taste of death till they see what? The Son of Man coming where? In his kingdom. Is that okay? Then after six days, it transfigured before them. So back now to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Now Peter's reporting what happened on the matter of transfiguration. And what is he saying? He said, for we have not followed cunning device fables when we made known unto you the power and what? The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we eyewitness of all His majesty, His glory. When you use the word majesty, you're describing a glorious realm. Somebody... You know, how many of you understand you, you refer to kings, you refer to, you know, highly placed people as well, your majesty. Is that okay? Come on, are you with me? Good. So now he's talking about, he's coming in his kingdom, and he said, we behold what? His majesty. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay, look at the next thing, which is verse 17. And he said, for you receive from God, the Father, what? Honor and Glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son, in whom what I am well pleased. Praise the Lord. Did you get that? 
Look at verse 18. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were waiting where? In the holy mount. Okay. So, what glory is this? This was simply the glory of his sonship. Is that okay? The glory of his sonship. As he manifests his sonship on the face on the earth, as revealed the glory, I mean, wherever he, he, he was going, there was a demonstration of this glory that was out and through him. Why? Because he was full of water. Is that okay? So, John 1.14, just described to us the manifestation of the glory. And now we're seeing it here. The Bible says, I will bear his glory. What glory? The glory of his sonship. This my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear, hear him. Is that alright? Okay. Now I'll show you something. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. Let's take the minute five minutes. I'll show you something. Hebrews 2 verse 10. Hallelujah. Oh my God. I like this. For it, become, it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in doing what? Bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through what? To suffering. Did you see anything there? In other words, he's not the only one that's going to manifest the fullness of sonship. He's not the only one that's going to reveal this cloud that is full of water. He's raising a company of people again on the face of the earth who shall be exactly like him. He said, every servant not be as his master. So he's raising sons again, which shall be full of the same glory. What glory? The glory of sonship that will be manifested on the face of the earth. So it's not just going to be Jesus. It's going to be Jesus's all over the place. Come on. Did you understand what I've just said? Glory to God. So, when he was to end his ministry, reading from John, you know, when you read John 14, you have to read John 14 from, as a matter of fact, you start reading from John 13. John 13 through 14, 15, 16, 17. It's like his last discourse for the church. All go together. It's one discussion. Is that alright? But let's look at John. Um, let's look at John 17 and let's look at verse 20. To 24. Look at this prayer. That I pray I for these alone, but for them also who shall believe on me through their word. That they all may be one as thou Father art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. <laughs> that they world may believe that thou hast sent me. Now, it is when the sons begin to manifest the glory, then the world will truly believe that Jesus has been sent. Hallelujah. Okay, verse 22. And the glory which thou givest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Verse 23. And he says, I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that I have sent me, 
and have loved them as thou have loved me. Where is it going to be? In us. Verse 24. And he says, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest them before the foundation of the world. What does it mean to behold his glory? Whatever you behold, you become. Are you there with me? And he said, we have to be where he is. Now where is he? He is in the Father. So if we are in the Father, we behold his glory, we become as he is. Hallelujah. Are you following me? So what is this supposed to mean? The Father shall yet have a people on the earth. Which I will call clouds that shall be full of rain. A company of people is rising today on the face of the earth. As God is impressing into their spirits the fullness of God's spirit. This is what we rightly term the manifestation of the sons of God that creation is waiting for. There is a company of people that God is raising on the face of the earth today that shall be full of His Spirit and they shall be same cloud full of water and they shall empty themselves on the face of the earth to do exactly what Jesus did. And I'm saying redemption is not complete until this thing is made manifest. Praise the living God. You follow what I'm talking about? So when we're talking about clouds, coming in the clouds, it's not talking about the empty space. How I many of you are following what I'm saying here? Men who don't have the spirit, men who are not walking in the will of the Father, they are clouds without water. Now, the people that are full of the will, the mind, the word of God and the spirit of God, they are clouds with water. And those with clouds with water are the people that are going to start to be a blessing to humanity. And you are one of them. Praise the living God. I'll see you next week. We continue from there. Praise God.